following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We are back live across Michigan, hour number two on an MHSAA Wednesday. Sunday was Selection Sunday. And one thing that has grown in the state of Michigan and well done by the Michigan High School Athletic Association and also their partnership with Bally Sports, Selection Sunday now is kind of must-see TV. So I was with the Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern Hawks at the Hooksom's house, and they're blessed to have a basketball court man cave one of the greatest ones I've ever seen <laughs> and uh, there's Mark Ewell up on TV with Mickey York and the crew and waiting for the brackets was like selection Sunday in the NCAA tournament or the college football playoff committee and the roar of the Hawk football team not the parents the roar of the team when they saw they were going to host a playoff game for the first time in eight years at Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern, those goosebumps will stay with me for the rest of my life. That, and they didn't stop roaring for about three minutes. Because you see, when these kids are waking up at 6.30 in the morning doing their four-on-four back in January, and they're doing their weekly MHSAA-allowed uh, four-on-four workouts, and then they get to a summer of weightlifting and the off-season of Ace and a lot of the Hawks, I give power, strength, and fitness uh, what they've done because you could see it coming. When you looked at the leaderboard on bench presses and athleticism, there was Forest Hills Eastern with Catholic Central and West Catholic and Rockford and Byron Center and Caledonia. All these kids, South Christian, right? Cam Van Sokoma, who committed to Grand Valley State. And you could feel it coming, but you didn't know if it's real. Mark Ennis and his team and Brian Paulson, what they've done uh, with power strength, they've really elevated the game of football. Because it's not just now looking at, oh my God, we don't want to play Brother Ice, we don't want to play Detroit Catholic, or it's Detroit King or River Rouge or Belleville. No. I, I think there are teams on this side of the state that can hang with anybody. Same thing in Lansing. DeWitt has a powerhouse program. Lansing Catholics had a great track record. Lansing Sexton, uh, an unbelievable year. Look at Portland, moved up a class and they didn't lose a game. We're not even into Northern Michigan and the UP or eight-man football. Ten classes of high school football in the state of Michigan. Ten. Ten classes. Uh, the Flint area. Uh, you look at... You know, in the thumb, go down Southeast Michigan. Adrian back in the playoffs for our affiliate 96.5 The Cave. And to have the selection show and hear the roar and have those guys be able to walk down the hallway at Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern hosting a playoff game Friday. It's a big, it's, it's for the kids. It's not for the parents. Uh, Ford Field is for the kids. You know, you, you look at, you go to MHSA.com, you look at the bracket and you say, You know, we are four wins away. That's it. Four. 
See, I, 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 I thought it was five, but I remember the pandemic year. And Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, well done on the Selection Sunday show. It's really grown into something that's must-see TV. Our staff uh, you know, did the look at social media Sunday night, and you see all of the video and pictures from all of the watch parties, whether it's at, at restaurants or at the school or at somebody's house. Um, it still matters, and those videos are are just exceptional, and it and it shows that um, that you have to qualify to get in. And certainly, there was not there's no mystery Sunday night of who's in and who's out. The schools know if you're in or not, but who you're going to play and where you're going to play and who you're going to be grouped with. And again, just seeing the excitement and the reactions all over social media Sunday night, uh, it's one of the coolest nights of the year just because of that, because it shows that it matters in so many communities. And it's really grown on that Selection Sunday, right? It used to be something you would try and catch online or they'd be released uh, online. And the TV show, the presentation, the graphics just really look big league. We're so lucky to have a partner of of Bally Sports, uh, you know, Mickey York and a guy who is quickly becoming one of my favorite broadcasters on planet Earth, Johnny Kane. Um, just a real, both he and Mickey are just really good people. I mean, you watch our selection show, Bill. Um, it is it is big league quality, and you fast forward and go right to our uh, championship weekend at Ford Field, and the production value that you see for our high school event is just as good as what you're going to find on Saturday and Sunday. So we're we're very lucky to have a great partner who really does it in a first class way, and I can't thank uh, the good people at Bally Sports uh, Detroit enough for all their work and effort and in really making what has always been a, a good show um, really a great show. And uh, it was awesome on Sunday. I get with the pandemic here that everybody got in. There were so many variables and just we didn't know where things were going or where the world was at. You guys found a way to get it done uh, in late January uh, of all months. Uh, Yeah, high school football playoff action. And it happened in January indoors and outdoors in the state of Michigan. I I don't support everybody. And I just don't because you'll, you know, like our first round matchup. We never played Ionia. It's a, yeah, it's a big deal to the people of Ionia. It's a big deal to uh, eight of Four Hills Eastern. Uh, it will be great. That's what it's about. I, I think you still have to earn a spot to get in, and just don't make it everybody in. Those first round games will be horrible. Yep. Yeah. It, it in what we saw all over the state on Sunday night again with those videos from all of the watch parties, loud and clear. It still matters to get in and that excitement and uh, that that Bill, I think you said that really well. It you, you should have to qualify to get in because uh, that's the way it works, and that uh, really I think makes for an exciting start of the tournament. And I did like this year. I don't know if it's by design, uh, and people can see the points. I agree with you. You can go to mhsa.com before. Uh, the announcements came down. You know, the parents were asking me, well, how do you know the points? And I went to MHSA.com and showed everybody. And I looked, okay, in our area, there was Whitehall at number four, Hastings at eight in Division Four, and us at number 12. And I, I told everybody, man, it looks like we're set up to be a one seat. We really are. I don't think we'll be penalized. Because a lot of it is based on geographical, yep. and, and where you can do it. I know last week I took some questions from the audience at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook, about things they would add, change, sure. or would like to see. Uh, 
with boys and girls sports at Michigan high schools. And some said, well, you seed one through 32, top to bottom, each class, which would be the, the top eight away from uh, eight men. So if you went one through 32, uh, the travel involved, uh, I didn't see the districts outside of the one with, it's pretty loaded with Caledonia, Forest Hills, or yep. not Forest Hills, but... Um, the two portages and Byron, Byron Center. Center. Yeah, yep. but that comes down to the number of schools you have in that particular class, right? It is. It's the class in the region. And no, I get it, um, you know, to, to see them one through 32. But the thing the folks don't get, and Billy, you already said it, it's travel. Um, the the number one seeds in the metro Detroit area and number 32 in our smaller divisions is in the UP for a first-round district game. I'm not sure that's in anybody's best interest. A 10-hour you know, trip. A 10-hour trip. Maybe, I mean, maybe even more than 10. You know, with that mindset of, well, just, you know, everybody involved, seed them one, one through however many teams you got. Well, with that same mentality, then the SEC would, would get um, three out of the four teams in the playoff every year, right? If you're not going to take into account conference and geography and, you know, the the area that you're coming from. So, no, it, it's easy to – now, the, the one concept that is getting some discussion is should we then seed it one through eight? So in, in each in the of the regions. In the region. So you take now your 32 qualifiers, and now let's start off with – instead of circles of four for your district – Let's start out with circles of eight. So let's get that northern eight and the western eight and the central eight and the eastern eight. Well, now let's seed those one through eight. So it's going to be a little more travel, but it's a lot more palatable than what travel would be as if you seeded it one through 32. So that's something our football committee has actually looked at very closely. We've run all the numbers, and that would provide, I think, a little uh, would relieve some of the heartburn of you get, you know, that and everybody can point to the what they believe are the really tough districts, you know, that might uh, create a little more parity amongst groups of eight rather than just a four-team district. So and that's t- something we'll keep looking at. So take me to last weekend when the Friday's done, the games are done at the high school level. Uh, there's Points are posted, like I mentioned, at MHSA.com. From that point, how do you determine then who's in each district? So the way that the process has worked for every one of the 20 years now that I've been on staff is games are not only Friday, but there's also some games on Saturday. And our staff, Saturday night, our our communications team, I mean, we we literally are calling people to run down the remaining few scores. We may, Bill, for example, have a school in Wisconsin that played another Wisconsin school on Saturday. But earlier in the year, one of them played a Michigan school. Well, we've got to get that last score in for them so that we can finish up the bonus points. We've literally made phone calls, I think, to a, to a guy at a bar in some place in the Midwest on a, on a Saturday night because, hey, what, what was that score between Central and, and Western, uh, whether that was in Ohio or whether that was you know somewhere in Ontario. But by Saturday night, we know who the 250 56 qualifiers are. And then what we do is, uh, you know, by division, we know the 32 in each division. And the way that it starts is at 8 a.m., we open up our phones for 30 minutes. And schools have that half hour if there is any discrepancy with the playoff points that we show on our website, they have to call our office between 8 and 8.30. And I think 19 out of my 20 years, the phone never rings. So at at 8.30, we now have our field set. We know there's no mistakes. And what we do is we split our staff, and we've got about 10 staff members there. We split into two five-person teams. 
So on one side of our dividable wall upstairs, one uh, team has the divisions of one, three, five, seven in one of the eight player divisions. And then on the other side of the wall, it's divisions two, four, six, eight in that other eight player. And we'll spend about 45 minutes in those two teams drawing the circles on the map. We put them up on a big screen. We certainly know that that we take what we've done in past years where we always start at the western end of the UP. We work west to east to the bridge. And then as we get below the bridge, we tend to start on the western half of the state and work our way toward toward Detroit. You know, some people will say, well, you know, the maps in this division last year, they look different than this year. Well, the difference of only one school can completely change the look of what the groupings are because you've got to put them in groups of four to start with. So um, so after that 45 minutes, what we then do is we open up the wall in our, our large meeting room upstairs, and then each team presents to the entire group, okay, here's the Division One map. And by the way, Bill, there is no way um, we don't have the team names on those dots. So it's not like, you know, the, oh, there's that team and that's their record and those are their playoff points. When we look at those 32 dots, they are dots on a map in what makes the most logical sense in terms of grouping those together. And then what we'll, our staff will do is we kind of present the draft maps to the entire group. We then look for, is everybody on board with this? Any heartburn? And we do have some pretty good debates back and forth. I can tell you that the years that, uh, for example, it was, you know, if I had a kid playing and their division came up, I'd walk out of the room. Um, I wanted nothing to do with the conversation or the input in terms of what the map looked like. We've had a couple of uh, new staff members come to our building, and when it's their former school that's in that division, um, same thing. That's the time that you, you go downstairs to your office and you get a cup of coffee. And um, and by the way, we also invite in a couple representatives from the Michigan High School Football Coaches Association, folks that don't have a, a dog in the fight, don't have a team, and we put those two folks, one on each of those two staff teams. So really, we kind of have an outset set of eyes, and it's been good because – some within the coaching fraternity, oh, well, that's how they do. Well, no, they don't. Now we every year we've got a couple of their representatives also part of the process that can go back and tell their coaches, no, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward, transparent process, and that's been really good. Mark Hewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us in studio. I'll go through some of those suggestions from last week. Also, we'll get to the NIL at the high school level, Bill, that has passed the house. Could that become law in the state of Michigan sometime soon. Mark will give us his thoughts on it and how they've worked with politicians and how they may work uh, with athletes and schools. Uh, if it does become a law, it is active in 32 states uh, across the country. And I want to get Mark's thoughts on scouting with the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Uh, what is uh, the mark in terms of how you can scout an opponent? What you can do? when you can do it, what you can use. And we'll talk about that coming up. You want to join in, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That is on the Mercantile Bank listener line at HUGE Show. On Twitter, The HUGE Show. On Facebook, and also opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. If you want to check out all the brackets in all 10 divisions, for the high school football playoffs that begin this weekend, go to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook. And if you have family, friends, 
who can't make it or you can't make it or they're out of state, MHSAA.TV. I love it. I subscribe. It's well worth it. Whether you're watching your kid's school, a school you went to, or you want to see some of the best high school players in the country, connect at MHSAA.TV. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Ladies, let's go see some men. The show, Friday, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino. Come meet the men of your wicked dreams for an affordable night of laughs. And maybe some mischief. Oh the boys are back in town. Tickets for 18 plus, just $25. On sale now. The box office and etix.com. Sexy costumes. Hot dance moves. Your sensational night of fun returns. Humps. The show, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Oh, my. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. Save more, scare more when you shop Halloween at Meyer. Shop quality deals like buy two select Halloween snack, single, or king size candy. Get one free. Get two for $10 on select DiGiorno frozen pizzas when you shop with Empergs. And for last minute shoppers, take 30% off Halloween indoor decor and 30% off adult and youth Halloween costumes. Find all you need for Halloween in one stop at Meyer. Exclusion Supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for Michigan's number one med spa, Urban U. They have locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and also on the east side of the state in Northville. And guys, you need to think about what I just did. I got a hydrofacial, so I watched my pores cleansed in less than 30 minutes. And when they showed me the dirt and grime they took off my face, it was shocking. Urban U can help your skin health. Go to TheUrbanU.com to find out more. That's TheUrbanU.com. Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking and fee-free access to almost 40,000 MoneyPass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerckPerks.com, member FDIC. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The 
Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Wednesdays are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. High school football playoffs all across the state begin Friday. Some Saturday games, full schedule, tickets and more. Go to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook, and watch all the playoff action online, MHSAA.tv. Mark Ewell, Executive Director. Uh, the MHSAA in studio. I'll go through some of the comments last week. I know you were speaking down south, but uh, what people were saying they would do, I said three things because I didn't want a long list of 20 things from every listener, and I appreciate their feedback. But just three things you would add, change, or do if you were in charge and had a magic high school wand with the MHSAA. Overwhelmingly, and you know what the number one thing is, the shot clock of basketball. Interesting. Yeah, it was the number one thing. It was, if I, because I scanned through all the comments at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook, and it really, there wasn't a lot about football. Some said the regional seedings, mm-hmm. which I like that. I really do. Yep. I, I think that, that that's a no-brainer. It's a middle ground, yep. Could, could that possibly start next year, you think? Sure. Well, yeah. that's something their football committees talked a lot about in the last 12 months. Yeah, and then uh, it was the shot clock. And maybe, maybe with the evolution of the game, extend the quarters to ten minutes. Interesting. That was I. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, because the the national uh, rules making body, the NFHS, they now allow adoption of a shot clock by each state, and so this has been something that uh, we've surveyed not just our our schools in general, but we've surveyed our athletic directors and we've also surveyed our basketball coaches and um support's been been somewhat lukewarm more support from our coaches a little less support from ad's um i'm still open to us talking about it certainly um but uh, that's interesting that your listeners that's a that that's a that's one they grabbed on i think uh, well I, i get the shot clock with ad's you're gonna have equipment costs you're gonna have somebody operating the shot clock right yep uh, who fixes it? You know, because 80s get stuck fixing scoreboards, everything. Who fixes it when it's sure. not working? What if it isn't working? But the 10-minute quarters, I, I I did like that idea. Yeah, and there's even a, a couple states that are experimenting with 18-minute halves. So they didn't go to 10-minute quarters, but they went to just adding on a minute, and they're playing an 18-minute half, which is interesting because we are able, states are able to do a rules experiment for a two-year period. And so this is the second year of a couple of those states that are, are not just increasing the playing time, but they're now playing the game in halves. And be curious to see what kind of feedback, uh, you know, those states that are doing it share too. What do you think? Uh, is 10 minutes, uh, the 18-minute halves, is that something uh, that you would or have presented to your basketball committee or member schools? It could be um, because both the 18-minute half and, and a 9 or a 10-minute quarter um, is something that we could do as an experiment for two years. Um, my sense is that if it, it, our schools, this is just my, my speculation on ac- October the 25th, it'd probably be one or the other. Um, we'd probably go to our basketball community and say, okay, here are some different things we can do to tweak the game. What's your number one pick? 
is it going the shot clock route or is it, it tinkering with the lengths of our games, either going from eight to ten minute quarters or, or playing the games in half? So I think we'd put those two things in front of them. We'd see which one is stronger support. And a lot of times, uh, you know, when when two ideas emerge, you try and kind of prioritize them in order. And that would be something we follow the lead in our schools. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of complaining. I was surprised. I, uh, well, no, I, I think high school sports. You're, you're like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> check, check my voicemail uh, uh, down in Lansing at the MHSAA offices. I think they're well run. Uh, I, divisions. Uh, another thing. There was one other one that I, I was looking for multiple ones from different people. That, that's kind of how I gauge when there's complaints or people are praising you. That basketball, and I know we've talked about this on going to six divisions. So that's actually a concept, and I just finished our our statewide. I actually was in New Orleans last week, Bill Genou, for a um, a board meeting of of international foreign exchange students that I serve on, and I actually you want to talk about a dichotomy. I woke up in New Orleans Thursday morning, and then our last area meeting was our UP meeting on Friday morning in Marquette. So I woke up in New Orleans Thursday morning. I woke up in Marquette, Michigan Friday morning. I'm not sure you could find two more cities that are, are more different. But uh, both no, most people go celebrate Mardi Gras in Marquette. Marquette <laughs> Mardi Gras. You know, and I what I did figure out is I think Marquette's a little bit more my speed. But the the thing that we did share at all seven of our area meetings is we have seven sports, um, and not including football, but we have seven other sports that are sponsored by at least 550 of our 750 schools. So my point is there's a a pretty big divide between the half dozen or so sports that most of our schools sponsor, and then there's a difference of like 100 schools with other sports. So those sports in the 550-plus category are boys and girls basketball, baseball, softball, cross-country, track and field and volleyball. So those are kind of the big seven. And what I did and put in front of all of our schools is we ran the numbers and said, what would a fifth division look like? Not six, but we'd start with five. Because taking that group of seven, and instead of dividing them into four classes, we divide them into five. The interesting thing is you put those sports into five classes, the numbers per division would be very similar to what we currently have now in our other sports, such as golf and tennis and wrestling. Um, So what it would do in those seven sports is it would really kind of put them more on par with the number of schools in each division. The other thing that five divisions would allow you to do, Bill, is for almost all of our finals in those sports is I think you could stay in the same venue on the same schedule. For example, I think that we could play our semifinals and finals at Breslin still in three days in five divisions. You go to a sixth division, now you're going to have to split into two different sites, and I'm not interested in getting the uh, notes of concern from the Division Six communities and parents when their finals are at, no disrespect, to fill-in-the-blank community college or fill-in-the-blank Division Two school when the other four or five divisions are playing at the Breslin Center. I think that that Breslin experience or that uh, experience at our volleyball championships or that MIS experience, that if we are going to go to more divisions 
in the sports that most of our schools sponsor, I want to figure out a way to be able to do that, but yet still kind of keeping that that really first-class experience that our schools have. And so we're surveying our schools on that five-division concept. We'll get those results. We'll put them in front of our board when they meet next on December 1, and we'll see where it goes. But that suggestion, Bill, whenever I'm somewhere over the last 10 years in a social situation and folks learn about what I do, the number of, of divisions or classes comes up very frequently. And, uh, you know, we started to talk about this just before COVID. And obviously COVID turned, I think, all of us into a survival mode rather than a kind of look down the road five to ten years. And, and with the normalcy we're getting, uh, we're taking that division plan out there and seeing what our schools think. So stay tuned. Mark Hugh, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us here on the HUGE show coming up. I'll get his thoughts on... Scouting, uh, what are the boundaries, the rules between scouting an opponent, uh, doing things you shouldn't do? We'll talk about that uh, coming up. Uh, one other thing was mentioned uh, throughout the comments at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook, uh, was adding what sports. And, mm-hmm. and I know we talked about boys volleyball seemed to get – a lot of push. So the girls like football. You know, you're seeing it on NFL and coming to the Olympics. Olympics in 2028, sakes. and and it's a heavy female push. It seems, at least from the uh, clips I've seen during NFL games or on NBC. Uh, so, what sports are up next from all your tour stops? Talking to your participating member high schools. Well, what seemed to be the possible next boys and girls sport? added to Michigan high schools. So that was actually the last topic of our area meetings this fall, and that was the the last two questions on our survey, is if we should be in a growth mode, what are the sports that make the most sense? The ones at the front of the line, adding boys and girls water polo. That's right now sponsored by less than 100 schools. It's done on a club basis. That would be pretty straightforward because aquatics kids – tend to be aquatics kids. Um, so those that that swim, um, right now many of those kids play polo in the offseason, and if we would add that, that would really be that would be a pretty straightforward ad because I don't think you'd create many new dilemmas. And it's boys and girls. It's right? boys and girls, separate seasons, and that's really not going to create a lot of new dilemmas of, well, now it's different choices I have to make in what sport. So that that's first. Uh, the second one that we're looking at is adding girls field hockey. So adding girls field hockey, which right now would be a fall sport. That's when it's played on a club basis. Um, adding a female sport now gives us flexibility when you add a girls sport to then also look at what could be a potential um, sport on the boys' side. And as you and I have talked on air several times, especially in West Michigan, the growth of boys' volleyball is making you sit up and pay attention. So, um, Girls flag football is a little bit of a challenge to get my head around. I think there would be a lot of support. That was another question on the survey. I'm envious of my colleagues in the South that have already added girls flag football because they've added it as a winter sport. Their, their, tent, their weather lets them do it. They've got empty facilities for the most part outdoors in the winter. You've got football coaches that in the winter would say, yeah, I'll, I'll pick up uh, another sport, another activity, um, because I can still coach uh, girls flag football while we're still doing our off-season conditioning um, with our tackle football kids. So those are the things that we're getting that feedback on. And back to that point, so you put girls flag football in the fall, 
well, now what's going to be that impact on uh, girls' volleyball teams or cross-country teams? What new dilemmas of decision are you now going to create? And, and obviously, we have more sports in the spring than many of our schools right now can field, and, and uh, we get some pushback about flag football being in the spring. So those, at least, are the handful of sports that we're putting in front of our schools. We want them to ring in. Tell us what you think. And uh, that's another topic. Stay tuned because uh, we'll take that feedback and see what direction we want to go. But I think right now there's a, a mentality out there, Bill, that we we need to be in a growth mode. We need to be in a let's look down around the corner to see what's next. And uh, we'll see where this process takes us. It sounds like boys and girls water polo will be added and boys volleyball and girls field hockey. Seems fair. That's that right now seems to be kind of a, a plan that seems to be emerging with some support. So, like I said, our board next meets on December one. Um, by the way, I'm still looking for that magic wand bill of uh, you know to do whatever you want to do. Obviously, I'm the head of our organization, but I work at the pleasure of our schools. Uh, we are a membership driven organization. And, you know, I've often described the the chair that I sit in is, uh, you know, you're the, the quarterback or the point guard. And a lot of your work is actually setting up scenarios, decisions um, for others that you need them to buy into and then getting that ultimately in front of our board, which my bosses are a 19 member board of which 18 of the 19 individuals are all school people. They're elected representatives from our membership. So, uh so, yeah, there there are times where I wish, you know, a staff initiative or idea could happen quicker than what it does. But we have a, a process and, and we have a good process that ultimately, at the end of the day, we're an association of member schools and uh, our member schools are going to decide what's next. And it's our job to give them all the information and to put some uh, some good options in front of them. Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association in studio on an MHSA Wednesday High school football playoffs begin Friday and Saturday across the entire state. Uh, get your tickets at MHSAA.com. Contact your local school. Schedules, brackets, everything at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook. And remember, you can watch uh, the playoffs online at MHSAA.tv. On the way, I'll talk to Mark about what the rules are on scouting. Can you go to an opponent's facility and scout them? What's allowed? Electronic equipment? Can you ask some friends to go take a mobile phone and stand up in front of everybody and film signals, sidelines? What are the rules? Videos more prevalent than ever before now because of Huddle and things like MHSAA.TV. What's the punishment if a coach has ever been caught illegally scouting an opponent. I'm not going to correlate it to the Michigan situation, even though I did see five coaches on the hot seat in college football. Jim Harbaugh has appeared on the list at CBSSports.com. Yeah, on the list, hot seat. I just looked at it while I was talking to you. I, I was listening. I could multitask. You were hanging on every word, I'm sure. I do. I hang on every word. I'm like, really? Is that what he said? Is that what he said? Yeah. So I just, I said, what? There? And I'll get your thoughts on it. Uh, just uh, from a, a guy in charge, if that hypothetically situation came to you, how you would handle it. But uh, it's Twitter, Facebook. You are convicted. You have to prove your innocence. And, and one thing Ballas did say yesterday for the Wolverine.com on the show, 
that the public ridicule and humiliation is already the toughest part of this process sure. and will linger for a long time. And we'll wait and see. As I started the show with David Gregory, the lawyer agent from Bull Rush Sports based here in West Michigan, you know, what, what can they do to Harbaugh? What will be uh, the punishment? But, man, what Michigan's going through and what's going to linger? Because every game they win, people will say, well, they knew the signs. Even though, in my experience around any coach, any sport, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, any sport, they would change, change their in-game communication game to game. That was public there. Sure. You know, not, not necessarily play calls, but public. So we'll, I'll get your feedback on that coming up to the audience. You want to join in? Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's pumpkin coin toss, and you can carve out wicked premium play prizes up to three grand. There are drawings every Friday in October from 5 to 11 p.m., and two lucky guests every hour toss to win up to $3,000 premium play. Be there for pumpkin coin toss, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment in only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Huge here for the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, if you're a fan of the Pistons or the NBA, the wait is over. Pro basketball is back this week. And the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with a huge offer. New customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant win. And also with the DraftKings parlays, everybody has a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. New customers can get that $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 on the NBA. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you sign up with code HUGE. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 
one and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan on a Wednesday broadcast. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Mark Hill, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association in studio. So, Mark, obviously everybody knows about the alleged sign stealing going on, what's happening every day, new news coming out. What are the rules at the high school level for scouting an opponent in the state of Michigan? Very few rules, um, just because we're smart enough to realize it's almost unenforceable. So for us to have ha- have a rule like the NCAA has that you can't scout in person or that you can't film this or you can't film that, um, we have no such rule. So right now, as long as it is a competition or it is a public scrimmage, any opponent can show up, you can sit, you can watch, you can video, whatever you want to do. Oh, so they could bring a camera. And oh, film. sure. Because, again, we want everything to be out in the open because I have no interest in policing these, well, this is secret video here and there. You know, at the high school level, Bill, I'm, I'm sure your son's team uses the tablets on the sideline. You'll never see those at the college level. At the college level, they're not allowed to use in-game video, either up in the coaches' booths in the in the press box or down on the sideline. NFL allows it, and thankfully at the high school level, we were smart enough to say we're going to allow it because there's no way to enforce it. Uh, a five-person officiating crew um, for a high school game, we're going to, you know, what's that coach on the sideline looking at on his phone or on that tablet? So now when it comes to in-game video, all those kinds of things, there are very few restrictions, and because of it, schools do what they want to do. The only issue, um, and I've only dealt with this once, is we had someone, and I still don't know if it was with a school or not, but they wanted to use a drone and fly their drone around one of their opponents during the week around their school during practice. And so we did get a few calls about that, you know, lots of questions. Because with current technology, I mean, you can control a drone and you can get some pretty good video from a pretty good distance away. That has been the only issue we've had. But when it comes to games, anybody can go, anybody can film. And because of that, uh, it's a very transparent process. Yeah, but also you got your son Grant at Air Force, who's an aspiring pilot. You could dial in the Michigan High School Athletic Association uh, response team, and he could take out the drone. That's what they could do, right? There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> counter ops. Well, the drone, I hear it's, but in your voice, so what I hear is I hear common sense that even a drone over there wasn't the end of the world. My God, the government secrets are being let out by a drone or videotaping that a team at the high school level could bring a camera. A high school team that has one one millionth of a budget of a college football team. They can use a tablet, which I saw us in our win over Cedar Springs sure. making adjustments. Some teams even bring a TV and a tent. Yep. Not a tent, but they have a covering in case of yep. training. And the, and the units, offense, defense, special teams, will go look at the TV. 
But the, I, you can't. I never knew you could not do that at the college level. Nope. Nope. Can't you? So you watch a college game this weekend. You will not see a single tablet anywhere on the sideline. And they don't use any radio helmets. What's next? You guys probably will be uh, college football with radio helmets because they would speed up a lot of uh, teams. You know, they they have the you know the wristbands and the quarterback will walk over and there's a long time getting the play call in how long before you have radio helmets for one defensive player and one offensive player and that makes all of this sign stealing sign stealing drama which they don't have at the college level but have at the end i'm telling at a high school level yeah i know it'd be cost it'd be cost on you know the helmets and having a backup one and no, but you watch right now, though, every college game, when they when they do the sideline shot of the quarterback who just scored, he's not over there looking at a tablet. What is he doing? He's holding up the 1994 sideline telephone, talking to his position coach uh, upstairs. They are not allowed to use any in-game video at any level of college football. I'll get your thoughts on this Michigan situation. And if you were the AD or you were the Big Ten commissioner in charge, like you are of Michigan high school sports, what would you do? Mark Ewell. Joining us, want to give a shout out to a good friend of the show, John Fueling uh, from California on his way up 75 up to, is it Black Lake way up there? Way up by Sheboygan. Okay, yeah. Yeah, way up there. Yeah. Just, just south of the bridge. He lives out in Laverne, California, has a nice pad on Bighorn in Palm Springs, so he became even a better friend, him and his wife, the last 10 years. You live on a golf course, you can borderline adopt me, so uh, they're Grabbing a fall weekend up north, so John and the family enjoy it. 24-7, everything you need at the Huge Show Don Net. Big. Bad. Huge.